slightly belated Happy New Year. So two things, because we've had one of our listeners wants to know how Christmas was for you, because they're also very excited that you're now very excited about Christmas. And secondly, have you made any New Year's resolutions? Happy New Year. And Happy New Year, Happy everyone. New Year. I I had a fantastic Christmas. I hope, oh, How I was yours? That. Yeah, no, really, I was a little bit sick. I think the body oh. finally gave up when I finally stopped working. But still, you know, lots of lots of cold drugs and, and off we went. So, no, it was lovely, really lovely. Oh, yeah, no, I loved it. I loved my Christmas tree. It's gone already. It looks so bare. I think I keep saying to It's ben, gone I mean, already. The room is so dark and... And yeah, it's just boring now. So I don't know. We've got to do something with that corner. When did your tree go? Yesterday. Yeah. Oh God, you were quick out the door. Yeah. Well, you? it's it's out. If I can see it right now, it's actually outside my window. Um, but it's ready to go. I mean, it's not being picked up for another week. But uh, it is. Uh, yeah, it's ready to go. Uh, well, you know, we just thought it'd be a nice activity with the uh, with the little ones. Just sort of wind what, down from the get, Christmas season. Uh, no, you can't have chocolate five times a day anymore. It's not Christmas. You know what I mean? It's an end. That was Christmas. Yeah. It's done. We're moving on. Yeah, it's. I, I was kind of the thinking, I want to get it all done and sorted before I go to Australia. So that was our, our trees currently outside. We're recording this. What's on the third? It's outside the house and it's being picked up today. But for it was, me, it was look, kind you were of. quick as well then. Nah, yeah, it was quite quick, wasn't it? <laughs> I was thinking that. But <laughs> I, I was kind of thinking, you're going to say you need to leave it for another week. Keeping it till February. No, I in my mind, I was kind of the um, the fellas go back to school tomorrow, and before I go to Australia, I just wanted to get it all done, tidied away, and sort of sorted out. And I'm just wondering, with with all the joy and the lights and Christmas, have you not paid your recent electricity bill? Because it looks like you are sitting in the dark. <laughs> Where it are is your quite lights? Dark, because I was just sort of relying on daylight, but it's on. quite a grey day. Yeah. <laughs> It's not a lot of day. Can you see me at all? No. Well, that's a little bit better, but it was sort of, I don't know, sort of darkness. Yeah, so the light's behind me, so I'm just a silhouette. So it's a moody lighting. So (laughs) lovely. Yeah, any resolution? Do you ever make New Year's resolutions or not? Not not really. I mean, the general sort of, right, we've indulged quite a lot in December. Let's let's get a grip of it. But it's not really a resolution. It's sort of just going back to normal. It's not. I, I don't know. I, I, no, is the answer. No, I have no yeah. news resolutions. No, no, no. Do you do them? No, no, same as you. It's just stop eating, I don't know, eight, nine times a day, eight, nine meals a day and, and, and drinking at, I don't know, midday, like mulled wine because it doesn't feel like drinking. And, you know, that, but that that's it, isn't it? You, just, every, you yeah. cut out the, the excess alcohol, you cut out the excess chocolate and the nibbling on leftovers wherever you go and oh, all that sort of thing and that. then it's fine, yeah. everything goes back to normal we, we got we got one more friend's birthday this evening uh-huh. and then after that after that it's done so that's, but I've still that's been doing, the marker that's the marker, I've still been doing my runs, I've still been sort of getting out there and and, and sort of keeping that going but yeah, that, that that is definitely the marker all roads now lead to Australia tennis season up and running and actually I did a show on five live last night and there are there are so many storylines yes we are a matter of days into the new season and we did a whole hour right whole hour we didn't mention Alcaraz his name didn't come up once Djokovic I think was mentioned for about 10 seconds in passing because 
there are so many storylines. We were focusing on near Miss Ocker's return. Yes. Rafa Nadal is back. The Brits, Andy Murray, Emma Raducanu. It is, there is, and all those players who are returned. There is so much going on. It's the year of comebacks, isn't it? And big yeah. name comebacks. Not only Osaka, but Nadal, as you were saying, and back to winning ways. And Raducanu, she's a big name now. It's sort of weird to Huge. say that, isn't it? But she is. There's as much interest with her. Maybe not as Nadal. Fair enough. But, you know, she's, she's one of those big players everybody's excited to see her return um and yeah just a lot to just a lot to really I think get excited about wouldn't it be fantastic if Osaka could bring her best level again of course it would be fantastic if Nadal could bring his best level again feels a bit more unlikely just with the way he's talking but then we talk about this all the time he's always very negative oh he isn't he? always talks like always. that every year he'd go into Roland Garros saying well I'm not sure and you're thinking what do you mean you're not sure and then there's title number 14 so I don't think he would have gone halfway around the world halfway across the world if he didn't think he could compete no. and against Dominic team I mean look it's only one match no but he looked good and I know he said look everything feels good and I feel healthy and everything has to stay good and healthy but he's looking really good yeah and he's just not the type to go do you know what I'll go I'll get a couple of matches and yeah, we'll move no, on from no. there no it's not no, what he does no. and no. if he's ever implied that he's normally ended up winning the tournament that's remember, <laughs> well remember when he won 21 his yeah. 21st slam at Australia and everybody was saying it's Djokovic is going to get the 21 and then obviously he didn't play um but you know, nobody was injured, thinking Nadal was going to do back. that. Yeah, not he at all. Injured, but it was terrible. And then it was the same, you know, when the French was in the autumnal, the wintry autumnal oh, season. And it was, one. well, he couldn't yeah. possibly win in these conditions. And then he does. And it, anyway, and then he won on one foot last year. It seems like the more yeah. obstacles there are for him, the more likely yeah. he is to win. But he is also that character he puts it out he takes the pressure off that's what he's done Iga Shontek has learned from her hero she now does exactly the same thing before she wins a slam and she does that Osaka actually in her own way did a very similar thing remember she used to put out these long sort of notes that she had written apologizing to her fans uh, for yeah. her level and she did it definitely before two slam victories she was coming in and she was like look my level's just not been there I'm really sorry and it was right before the Grand Slam one was definitely US one was definitely yours I don't know if she did it for all four probably not but anyway and and then she goes and wins it, it was, it's just releasing that pressure valve she's saying hey guys guys just you know look I want to do well and everything and you just just don't don't think I'm at my best, you know, don't think I'm I'm definitely going to win. And then it just releases that pressure. And Rafa does the same thing saying, hey, I'm on one foot. I can't feel it. I can't walk. I'm hobbling on crutches <laughs> most of the time. And then he goes and wins a slam. So, uh, yeah, and Shiontek as well. They're the, they're the main three culprits of that. So don't get sucked into it. Well, we, I possibly, have I been sucked in? Well, no, my predictions are notoriously bad. But recently we were asked by... Sky Sports because tennis is back on Sky Sports which is super exciting we were asked to give our top eight finishes so the yeah. eight and the ATP and WTA that will make the respective finals at the at the end of the year and and you and I I think we were f fairly sensible but we threw a couple of rogue ones in and and my rogue one was Osaka I've got her finishing eight because and in her words she said look I'm going to play she used to play such a limited schedule but now she said, I want to play more. I want to be taking my daughter to these tournaments. I, I want to get out there. I want to have a really good build up to the US Open. So I've got her finishing in eighth place 
and making it to the WTA finals. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a massive call, but I think it's a big call. And wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be so good if she was able to do that? You know, my question is sort of injury. She's never really been that injury prone, but it is tough after a, a, a layoff. And I know that it's her first time playing in a long period of time, of course. But remember before that, before she went on maternity leave, she had been struggling for a long time, whether it was the media pressures or a bit of injury, as in it was, I, I don't know exactly how long it was, but which Roland Garros was it where she said she didn't want to do the press? When was oh, that? 2021. Yes. And, 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 and do you remember that? That caused... That caused was that 2021? In, in the press room, yes. yes. And- so it was 2021. And since then, she really has barely played. Like that is a long time time she really didn't she hasn't had a full season since because she then you know it was so overwhelming she took some time for herself to get herself better and then she came back a little bit and then I think she had an injury she went away a little bit and then she came back and then she got pregnant and then anyway so you know you add it all up over the past three and a half years she really has we haven't seen an awful lot of her so it's yes you could say oh her last match was on x date and it's her she it's the first time seeing her since then but this is a long period of time she has not played a full season so I think it's going to be physically is going to be yeah I, th- I think it is and I, I've got to say though if you think that's a big call when we get to the person you've put in your top eight I think that's an even bigger call but with uh, <laughs> just staying with the soccer for a second um <laughs> there, a, a friend of ours colleague of ours Ben Rothenberg has written a book Naomi Osaka her journey to finding her power and her voice and very kindly his publisher sent me over uh, a copy to look through because we did a show and he was on it. And I find it really interesting. And I think people are going to find it interesting because she is quite a polarizing character. And I think you touched on Roland Garros and how things happened yeah. there. And and I think what's the great thing about this book is it really digs deep into when she was young and growing up and, and putting the sort of meat on the bones of, of Naomi Osaka. Because as much as we know about her, I feel we we don't know about her as well. And she kind of went stratospheric and then she sort of disappeared and, and would she come back? And so I think if, I think the book is out, it, it's sort of coming out now, depending where you're in the world. If you can get your hands on a copy, do so because she is such an interesting character, but that, that sound that the ball makes off her racket I mean, it's just, it's a very special sound, isn't it, when she cracks the ball? Oh, and she crushes it down the line on that forehand oh, side, particularly. I love it so much. She goes into the corner and you know it's coming and you can you just wait for it. And it is oh, an almighty sound. sound. And also, because she doesn't make a lot of noise when she hits the ball. I don't think she makes any noise most of the time. So you just purely hear the ball strike, which is so fun because it is so ridiculously crisp. I mean... She's she's phenomenal. She is phenomenal. And it, and if she can have full seasons and be fit and healthy, I don't know whether she'll get to the top eight this year, but that is where she belongs. There's there's no oh, there's nowhere else yeah, she we, can possibly be. Look, we, we won her up then. She hasn't actually played that many times against Iga Svantec. I, I want to see that. I want to see them both at their, their top level, cracking the ball. And, and then you get the Osaka who comes into press conference and she's so quiet, but the things that seem different about her since she's had her daughter shy is she's a lot more confident. And she said, and you must feel this. I felt this. I'm, I'm sure every mother out there has felt this, that, that when, when you're pregnant and you have the little one or the little ones, it, some things don't matter anymore. You have a totally new outlook 
on life. You, you don't sweat the small stuff. You know those things before you'd get really worried about. You'd think, I don't actually mind because I've got this sort of little bundle, little bundles of joy I go back to and, and they give me this unconditional love. And, and everything she was saying, I think a lot of people will be able to relate to. You have a different outlook on life. And, and she seems to have brought that back into tennis. And if it means we've got a fit and healthy, happy Naomi Osaka on the tour, I mean, I think that's fabulous. Yeah, I, I really think it's such a big factor and it's not that you can't have the right perspective without having kids but for me I think one of the biggest things that I saw on tour and when I was playing it was mainly for the men because there were so few women playing who had kids Mm. at the time it's now becoming more and more common which is great but there were loads of dads on tour right and you know the creche was filled at the slams and that sort of thing you know you lose a heartbreaker and you walk off the court and you can just you know have a kid running up to you that thinks you're their biggest hero they probably haven't watched the match they don't care what's happened they're three years old and been on their ipads they've been watching you've still got your bag on your back and they're saying dad i've done this with my lego and you know what and one of the hardest things to manage in tennis and i think actually going all the way back to last year with the break point series that came out on netflix it showed how difficult it is for players to deal with the fact that they lose every single week that they play and even if you win a couple of tournaments each year that's incredibly successful that's only twice in a year you don't lose and the amount of losing you have to do is hard to take and to have your family with you or even if they're at home and you can just get on a call with them to distract you to fill you up with some joy again I think it's so much healthier in terms of just mentally because it is just a tennis match yeah in the moment you've got to treat it like it's not the end that it's the end of the world <laughs> if you're going to lose that's how you've got to be competitive but you've got to be able to switch it on and off and some people train themselves and they're really good at doing it I think Federer always said that you know his shower was the marker at the end of the shower it was done and he stopped moping I'm sure there have been some losses along the way I'm thinking back to a certain Wimbledon final that might have taken a little longer Oof, a few more showers <laughs> yeah just showers, stayed in the possibly. shower for eight hours <laughs> three days later Merck is like hello <laughs> we have have to leave the grounds they're kicking us out <laughs> um but yes yeah, so i think he 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 said that but um you know there's there's that element of it as well so i think it really changes the vibe and the feel when you're there um and can pick you up in in those tough spots on this this is a bit of I, i've gone sort of left field from where we were going to head but on losses heartbreak dealing with it children have you seen that clip from the new documentary about Angebeur she had a film crew following her through the course of the year and recently they released some clips from it she was heavily involved in it in terms of she was working with the camera crew they were following her she spoke about the Wimbledon defeat and why it was so crushing and we could see how much she wanted it she almost wanted it too much that was detrimental to her when she was on the court but she said afterwards I didn't just see the Wimbledon title evaporate, but I saw becoming a mother evaporate at that time. She said, I really thought I could win it and then step away and try for a baby. And in that second, the title had gone. And at that moment, the chance to become a mum had gone. And it was absolutely heartbreaking. Look, she's young enough. She has plenty more years. Of course, she can still become a mum. But I just found that so heartbreaking the pressure and we could see the pressure on her but the pressure you can put on yourself it wasn't just about the title becoming a grand slam champion there have changed so many lives because of who and what she represents but it was that line of at that moment my dreams of becoming a mother disappeared 
Yeah, it, it's such a big thing. And I know that we've talked about that there are plenty of mums back on tour um, and it is becoming more normal. And also, they're absolutely killing it, right? Yeah, like, they're doing unbelievably well with it. I mean, look, Serena was phenomenal as Arenka before that. Kim Kleisters, of course, before that. But now there's sort of a group of them. It's becoming far more normal. We sort of expect that it, there's a chance that people are going to come back from maternity leave. We've got Kerber back this year. Kavita has just announced that she's pregnant. Maybe she'll come back afterwards. Who knows? Maybe not. I mean, she's in, into her, well into her 30s now, so you know, it might not be on the cards for her. But it, you know, this is the, this is such a big thing that all female players, not all of them, a lot of female players felt, as I say, you know, I felt it when I was playing in that your career, and it's not just tennis players, this is, this is you know, any sort of successful career when you're young, it's a, a sort of juxtaposing what you want um, from your personal life and what you, you know, when can you do it? You're on tour, you want to keep in your, your physical prime and, and it becomes really difficult. And I guess, look, obviously she wanted to do an Ash Barty um get that goal which is right in front of her so of course she um you know she wants to try and push for that but uh i guess she's gonna gonna keep on pushing i wonder with ash if because we've seen ash barty back she was in brisbane wasn't she with her little one but i wonder with ash if she hadn't won a slam whether she would have stopped when she did because i think that was probably a similar thing for her it was like great i've achieved everything i want to achieve now i can go and have a baby so that's like the ideal I suppose and that's possibly the ideal that Ons had in her mind but because it hasn't quite worked out like that she feels she can't I wonder whether Ash would have felt the same way it's a a very interesting psychology um and yeah you could really feel it couldn't you emotional there were 10 mothers in the main draw last year's US Open talking about mothers crushing it on tour. And as you mentioned, Petra Kvitova and Belinda Bencic won't be defending her Olympic title because she's going to give birth to her first child. So it was, um, but yeah, look, on to birth, there'll be plenty more opportunities. It's going to be so interesting to see how Naomi Osaka's done. We know that Caroline Wozniacki, she'll be in action again. She has a wild card in Australia. But just let everyone know your wild card, if we can call it that, for the, for the top eight finish at the end of the year. <laughs> Danielle Collins. <laughs> I know that's not the one you meant. Um, but no, I've put Danielle Collins in my top eight. Um, I think that is yeah. more heart than head. I just, I want it. I want it so much for her. Uh, yeah, I know yeah, she's yeah. been through an awful lot. And, you know, look, it's not that much of a wild card. Look, my two wild cards on the WGA side, Danielle Collins and, spoiler, Emma Raducanu. I mean, it's been published. But, I mean, I've got a Grand Slam champ and a Grand Slam finalist. It's not that rogue. I'm not picking some... Well, hang on. I've got I've got a former world number one and a four-time Grand Slam champion. You're still going, oh, well, that's going to be a tough call <laughs> this year. And yet you're saying, well, hang on a second. I've got a Grand Slam finalist and a Grand Slam champion. Yeah, well, I don't know. But anyway, come on, come on Collins. I feel it for you. Let's go. We need some good draws. We need some things to fall into place. But, you know, she's she's back and she's brilliant. I love her. Uh, but yes, uh, I, I'm assuming you're meaning Raducanu. I put. I think I put yeah. her in at seven, did I? Seven or eight. It was, yeah, one of those. It was, it was a bit like me, sort of towards the bottom end. But still, I mean, that is a big call when someone who hasn't, has gone through three surgeries, was in a wheelchair, rehab for eight months, is now back on court has played a match, yes, there's still a long way to go. We know the pressure that comes with it and more changes. And, and you're saying she's going to crush it, and, and I hope so, and, and reach the last eight. Well, I will uh, add just a little bit of context to this in that when we were asked to put these together, uh, she was in the middle of a training block with my brother as her coach. <laughs> so I was like, 
look, she's hooked up with the best coach on the planet. Absolutely. And this Absolutely. is going to happen. And this is going to happen. And, you know, <coughs> whilst, you know, I, I maybe don't have evidence that he's the best coach on the planet. Like he is, he's incredibly good. And I really believe that he's exactly what she needs uh, in terms of what he's very good at and what she's very good at. Anyway, we're in the middle of that <laughs> those couple of weeks. <laughs> so I was like, this is love perfect. No, no, she's going to go back to the top eight. Of course she is. So look, I don't know if she's going to make the top eight or not. You know, no one asked me to bet anything on it or bet my house on anything. <laughs> so I don't know. But I, I know that uh, if she does continue to work with uh, my brother, I think that it is a fantastic pairing. And, and no one's going to believe that I'm saying that in an unbiased way. But genuinely, <laughs> I am. Because only because I, as I say, I know what he's really good at. She brings the competitiveness. We saw that in her first round match against Rousseau this week in Auckland, you know, she's obviously got the class and the quality. She just needs the ability in terms of, um, you know, the technical work. And the thing is, is is that th- those sorts of things, the way you hit the ball, that all slips over time, right? As in, it just does when you compete different surfaces, you know, you're changing string tensions, balls and everything. I mean, my gri- over the course of a year, my grip moved completely, became suddenly extreme and I didn't even realise. Um, so all these things sort of creep in, these habits um, that just need to get, um, I suppose sorted I mean she worked with Nick when she was younger for a couple of years when she was in her early teens uh, so they know each other very well but obviously quite a lot has happened uh, to <laughs> a little bit ever since then um, but yeah anyway so that, that's just providing a little bit of context but I'm really excited um, you know if they get to to work together further on but that's what I wanted to say maybe it'd be a good thing because they do know each other and that works on on both sides and I know we had that discussion with Zhang Xinwen and Wim Fassett when he said right bye-bye and back off to Osaka and I kept saying well how can you trust someone and they leave and we I it was quite an interesting debate we had but they there will be an element of trust there and they know each other and again that works on both sides it's not just about Emma Raducanu knowing your brother it's about your brother knowing and wanting to do more and help Emma Raducanu because it has to be a two-way thing and and I, I see that as a positive that they have history from when she was younger. Yeah, of course. I mean, she knows that he's going to be in her corner. He always has been. You know, even in between now and when they work together, he's done blocks with her. Um, it's always sort of been her style and how she likes to to do things is sort of work on something for a period of time and then then move on. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, look, who knows what happens? They did a couple of weeks on on court together. Um, you know, hopefully it'll be be more than that. But um, yeah, I think it's a really good. Uh, a really good match and also you know she's looking really good on court so (laughs) so that's exciting as well and she's healthy and she's excited and I think she's adjusted a little bit now to life but just quickly going back to what you were just saying about Wim going back to Osaka and how you were not happy with him for doing so Pere Reba just done exactly the same thing in going to Jean from Coco Goff so not it, not no, not exactly. Because if we, oh, this is going to turn into a whole different podcast. Because if we think back <laughs> Very to Jun Wen, and she came out and said, and maybe she just more honest and put it out there that she was very upset she didn't expect it it's very hurtful she was very whereas Coco Goff said it was due to personal reasons why that didn't work out and we don't know on which side we don't know if it was the combination with Brad Gilbert where there are too many of them did Perry but actually call her and say right I've had a, a better or, or different offer so we don't know as much of the 
behind the scenes bits and pieces in that relationship. Where oh, went, see, I thought it was Reba going. Well, I think it, it felt... I might be wrong. No, I think it, it felt it was more the way Coco Goff wrote her statement and spoke about it. It was more Reba, but we don't know the reason. So Wimfer said it was, I'm leaving you to go back to Osaka goodbye. Whereas I, I might be wrong, but I don't think that was ever... I remember hearing at the time it was personal reasons why it didn't continue. But I don't know if that was a genuine personal reason or what, as I say, whether it was there was just too many cooks now in that camp or maybe it was he said I've had this other offer you're okay here off I go but I didn't think it was as brutal strong word brutal as it seemed with the Jung Fisset situation but maybe okay okay all right fair but, enough sorry Perry but sorry. no but maybe maybe legit. I'm wrong and maybe behind the scenes and Coca Goff was just different when she came out and said oh yeah personal reasons and he's decided he can't so maybe it it was, but she just sort of tackled it differently. But it's just, yeah. I, I mean, and I think, I think that's a, a I think Zhang Xinwen is, she's in my top eight. And she's in yours yeah, too. Yeah, she's in a lot of people's yeah, top eight. Yeah, she's in mine. I mean, she's, I think, I think she's going to have a, have a great season. She's so talented. I think that it's, look, there, again, it's so many, st- so Emma Raducanu, we're going to be keeping an eye on her. She's now into the main draw of Australia. Lauren Davis withdrew. That was a spot that Raducanu needed to go straight in. So all eyes on her. Asaka's back. Angelique Kerber, United Cup. How wonderful. How wonderful to see her back on court. Coco Goff, how is she going to react now she's a Grand Slam champion? How is Sabalenka going to react to defending a Grand Slam title? I mean, it's just, and, and that's just really on the WTA side of things. There are there are so many players to look at. Rebecca, I have I tipped her? I've tipped her to finish top, haven't I? I've tipped her to finish year end number one. Yeah, I think I took her out. I think I took, think I took her out because. Hang on, you took her out like... the top eight. Yeah, what? because somebody's got oh, to have come a dud on. year. No, like... come on, you you've taken Rebecca out of the top eight. I didn't see that. It's very di- look. It's very difficult to pick, isn't it? But when it comes to the women's side, there's more movement than there is on the men's. Um, That's a and, big call. You know who would have who would That's... have picked Von Drusova to be in the top? No, eight? but that but that was due to the Wimbledon win. Who would have picked her to win Wimbledon? I get that. Well, but, exactly. Yeah, but... As in, that's what I mean. Is in you can get these people can win slams. No, I just, I think Rebecca not being in the top eight is a bigger call from you than putting Danielle Collins. I think that's sort of more scandalous than having Danielle Collins or Radical. I had to make it. room for Collins. Oh, I can't. Someone just, had to go. Wow. You can find this on the Sky Sports website. If you search under tennis, you can find our predictions. Uh, because, wow, I didn't, I didn't even notice you didn't have her in there. That is, I don't know. Are we doing Australian Open predictions today or are we going to do those next week? Oh, gosh. Just so uh, I know if I need... Well, we have to see the draw first. Okay, draw. so we're going yeah, to sort that draw. out next. Okay, right. So on, on the men's side... We've touched on the fact that Nadal is it. Djokovic, and again, this isn't kind of a news service pod. We don't sort of do results, but I guess the slight worry, um, Djokovic, was he, what, 43 matches unbeaten on Australian, Australia, beaten by Dimonor, who's finished the season, Dimonor, so well, started it well. But I think the worry, especially for Djokovic fans, would be that the wrist has needed a fair bit of treatment. And he did come out and say had a little injury on it a couple of days ago yes no it's never ideal at the beginning of the season is it you sort of the narrative is that players will be turning up fit and fresh but the reality is we have such a short off season that a lot of players turn up not ready I would never expect that to be Djokovic because it's you know he's obviously it's a very slick machine the Djokovic machine but um, sometimes people choose 
sometimes people have got to work on stuff in the off season and they can't get it done in three weeks and it's got to take a bit longer whether it's building up strength somewhere a certain footwork pattern changing technique and actually there isn't enough time to get it done and they just say it's going to run into next season and that's just how it goes um this is slightly different because obviously the, the wrist needed a bit of treatment um so yeah not not ideal i don't know if he's changed anything whether he's changed his strings or he's i don't know if there's anything different because that's something that really impacts the wrist the balls impact the wrist and obviously they chop and change all over the place but uh you know he's been quite extraordinarily good at being fit in in his career what has he had two stints out really two significant stints out and other than that he's always found a way and once again, we haven't even mentioned Carlos Alcaraz. Why is no one talking about Carlos Alcaraz at the moment? Is that, <laughs> is that maybe a good thing? I mean, he didn't play Australia yeah. last year, so he'll be really up for for being here. And I, I think the conditions, I think everything will, will quite suit Carlos Alcaraz here. And it, again, it's another in, intriguing storyline with Djokovic still ruling the roost and Runa, who's putting together his A-list star-studded coaching team his mother will always be an important part and and she'll always be an ever-present but now we've got Boris Becker and we've got Severin Luthie as well we have no one's talking about Carlos Alcaraz because the Spanish press are not talking about Carlos Alcaraz they seem they're only trained to have one superstar player and I'm afraid <laughs> can't do too. Rafa Nadal is back because remember poor old David Ferrer he was like number three in the world but it didn't matter he got to a Grand matter. Slam final everyone when, was like exactly oh, when Rafa yeah. was, no, oh. no one was turning up to his press conferences I mean that's not exactly true but you get the general idea yeah okay, and look yeah. there is there's you know Rafa's back and that is big news and also they know Carlos is going to be around for a long time so maybe that's why they're not not talking about him but uh but yeah Runa I mean it's got to be a big year for Runa, hasn't it? I mean, that's some serious investment. You can't say yeah. he's not taking it seriously with that team because that ain't cheap. Even with the money that they're making at the top, that is a big, big chunk that they're putting putting into that. Runa wants a slam and he wants one this year. That's what that says to me. Yannick Sinner, does he get a slam this year? I think I said at the end of last year that I could see him in some finals, maybe a couple of finals. Mm. I could see it happening. I'm not sure. It's 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 a it's a leap to a win, though. It's a leap to a, a, a victory. I don't know. And and Medvedev again. I feel that we're not really talking about. I don't think necessarily for these players. I mean, look, some want to be talked about, and some are like, "Why are you not talking about me?" And I want to be in the conversation. And Medvedev said that ahead of the U.S. Open, didn't he? He said, "Well, hang on. How about me? I'm going to get myself into the conversation." And I think again in my year eight finish, I've got Medvedev. I got him second. Yeah, I, think I yeah. might have. I, I've, I've got him high up there because I just, I think he is so good and he's in such a good place and I think he's always going to be there or or thereabouts. But again, it comes down, it comes down to the story. I mean, you cannot not be excited. I don't think about twenty twenty four. No, because the young guys on the men's side are finally saying, "All right, then we are here to play. We are the real deal." On the women's side, you've got this mix. It is. It feels. It feels very open on both. I know in the men's you still have Novak Djokovic just, I think, standing slightly above everybody else. But, it just, I mean, the storylines, the young players come through, the players the players coming back. I mean, it's, it's, it's only January the 3rd and there is already so much going on. Yeah, I think, you know, with Medvedev, if you think, I mean, 2023 was a world-class, <laughs> top quality, but very quiet season from him. He still threw yeah, in a Grand Slam yeah. final. 
But because there was so much focus on Djokovic and Alcaraz, he was quietly going about his business. If you think that's a quiet year, I mean, if he lifts it, which we know he can in 2024, then what's he going to be able to to deliver? Who knows? Um, so yeah, no, that I mean, that is exciting. But it, it, it's it's amazing. It, it really. I think it's definitely setting up to be one of the most exciting years I think we've had in a long time. Is Andre Rublev going to reach a Grand Slam semi-final this year? Oof. Oh, it's like, that's, that's, what is he, 0 and 10? Where is he around that number now? I mean, yeah. in the quarters. Tough, so, so I mean, Him and Pagula. I, I, I'm going to say no. And that, and that hurts me to say no because I love Andre Rublev. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are now in that in that camp because I mean, it's he's, really he's absolutely hot. gem of a man. It's really hard it's really to do. Hard. It's I just oh I think I'm going to have to say no, and I don't like saying no. Well, where are you? Come on, this is a prediction you've got to give me on this one. Yes or no? Um, no, I don't think he's going to. Yeah, I think he might win another it, Masters it, event though. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. But oh, it's yeah, it's tough, it's isn't it? As you say, game, I think, I'm afraid. And, and look. We haven't spoken about Zverev and, and Zverev, when he came back from Idris, he's been working hard. He's there or thereabouts. Sits a pass, still in love, still very much in love. <laughs> and he, he seems to be settled now with the team, gone back to his dad. That's what works. And is Did you know, have Rafa back in your top eight? No. No. Because, because I don't think he'll play enough. No. So you could win Roland Garros. I, I think and then. that... I th- yeah, I think. To be it, fair, that's but, not enough. You need more points than that. That won't get you in the top eight. I think. I think he's going to see how this Australia swing goes. I think he's going to get himself onto the clay. I think he's going to build up for another burst at Roland Garros. See if he can get fifteen, and then it's about the Olympics. I don't think he'll bother with grass or Wimbledon. I d- there's no need. He doesn't need to. Nothing to prove. Mm. And I think he'll he'll get himself ready for the Olympics, and whatever happens at the Olympics. I don't see him trucking into the the US hardcore season. I don't think he, I don't think he needs to, even if this isn't to be his last season on tour. So therefore, I don't think he there's going to be enough in there to he could qualify for the eight and then not turn up at the finals. He's done that before because of injury. But I, no, I, I don't see him having a full enough schedule. Or, or yeah, no. Did you have him? No, in I didn't. Yeah, same reason. I don't think I. I think my one rogue with the men's was Artur Fis, who I've already said I think he he's my breakthrough player for this year. Just uh, you know me, I always tend to go more heart than head. I just love watching him. I just think I can be. He can be the hero. He can be the villain. He doesn't mind annoying his his opponent or the crowd. He can also get them on side. The way he leaps around, the way that sort of joie de vivre that he has. The trouble is with these sort of predictions. If you go more head than heart, then you literally just pick the same mate that you've got now. Because yeah, no, it just it's it's difficult to fathom, you know, Yvonne Drusova doing what she did. It's difficult to look down the rankings and pick someone who's going to do that. Um, and you sort of feel like on the women's side, somebody will. The chances are out of the four slams, somebody will who's not sort of one of those top five contenders always. Um, but it's not easy to do. And then the trouble with the guys is you can see your Art of Feast or your Ben Shelton or people like that you're going to put in. Mm. But who are you taking yeah. out? Who's coming out of that top eight? I think I put Fritz in as well. And the reason I put Fritz in is because not a bad he has like no points from slams. He's He finished, yeah. I think, the year number nine or 10. And he did he got 360 points at, at 
at US Open, but he basically just hasn't done well in slams. He's got room to put on like another thousand points just from making third, fourth round. So I think... Uh, I think I put her catch in. I think mine was pretty standard. I think I put Runa quite high up. Medvedev, I think, was second. Djokovic, I think, was first. I think Fies and Hercatch were my two that yeah. maybe a lot of people... I think I I took Zverev out and I think I may have taken Sitsipas out, thinking. And there's no referee, but there wasn't. So I think... But yeah, I mean, I don't. when it comes to predictions, I think it's fair to say we are both notoriously not great. Is that right? Fair? Yeah, I mean... Can I put you never, in there? Never goes. No. We either <laughs> go for the really well. obvious ones or... We just get it horribly wrong. I mean, we are the next pod. We will make Australian Open prediction. Well, we have to. We have to. Yeah. But I think we'll just. So we've done our Rublev one. He's not going to make. It hurts me to say it's not going to make Grand Slam semi-final huh, this year. Maybe ever. Let's start with this year. But look, I think it's it's going to be a cracker. It's Olympic year. People's schedules are going to be different. People's goals are going to be different. They're coming back. They've got different. Well, what they want to achieve is different. I mean, Australia is the happy slam. Everyone's happy. Well, for a little bit. Can anyone do the Monica Puig? Can anyone do it? Get the gold. Can anyone do it? Can anyone come? You know, the one, a real heartbreaker for me is Mukova. Having to pull out of Australia injured. Oh, she's, I love watching her play. We know what she can do when she's fit. For a big chunk of her tennis life, she hasn't been fit. And then to say that the wrist is not ready and she can't start, it's just... Ah, oh, that's way. Oh, yeah. So that that was really sad. But there's been some good news with, as you say, Kvitter announcing that she's pregnant, and oh, it's it's gonna it's gonna be. A bit, we haven't even spoken about Murray. Is twentieth. We've only got a couple of minutes. For I've got to head off to football training because after school clubs are back. But Murray twentieth year on the tour. Yeah, right. It's amazing, <laughs> and he's playing some good stuff. He plays some good stuff yeah. at the back end of the season. Can't wait. Yeah, it's uh, no, it's it's going to be a cracker. So I hope you stay with us. We're going to cover it as much. But I'm going to be out in Australia. We're both working on Australia, so we're going to cover as much as possible. And when the draws out, we will, depending when I fly and where I am, we will get that pod done when we do predictions. I'm. I keep saying. I keep thinking. I'm going to try and go really kind of left field. And it's I'm so not, hard to do because you just go down the list. You go no, 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 no. <laughs> Not a chance, probably. I, I would, I would have said Djokovic right here and now, but the wrist, I'm just going to hold off a few days and see. Oh, I, I don't wait know. for the draw. I'm so bad at. I'm yeah, but I would have said, I would have said Djokovic if he hadn't had wrist problems wherever he was in the draw. To be fair, but yes, no, okay, I'll wait on that. Um, yeah, sorry, yes, after school clubs are back. They haven't gone back to school, but I got football. I haven't. I've got to go to football training this evening. So, um, I think the tree is still outside the door. I hope it's not I'm as windy as it was training. yesterday. Wouldn't it be fun? Oh, yesterday, I was getting blown over. Well, I mean, it was I mean, a storm, I was worried about, to be fair. I was worried about <laughs> putting the tree outside in case it got blown away, but it's still there. Um, but, yeah, sorry to everyone that we've been away for a bit, but we're back. And we will do, feel free to send in your predictions, but we will do our predictions next week. We will. Happy New Year, everyone. Looking forward to it. Yeah, Happy New Year, everyone. And speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.